It has been a long week. But it's also been a good week. And I'm happy to be back this morning in order to share the first full camp session of the year with you. Camp Weed, our diocesan camp in Live Oak, Florida, holds a special place in my heart. While I was never much of a summer camper, I've been to Camp Weed since I was a child, whether it be for parish retreats or for retreat weekends. I remember the lake when it was full, and then when it was dry, and then I was there when it was filled up during the course of just one summer, a project that was supposed to take around 10 years. Little known fact, I was the first person to be rescued via lifeguard out of the newly built pool. And Camp Weed was the first place where I saw a shooting star. Returning to Camp Weed is like returning home for me. Harry Potter also holds a special place in my heart. My mother bought me the first two books, the only ones that were out at that point, when she heard about the buzz they were creating in the literary world. I was 12 and quickly devoured both books. My poor mother took me to every midnight book release from that point forward. At least until I went off to college, where Jordan accompanied me to midnight book releases in costume, of course. Reading Harry Potter or hearing those first couple of chimes from the movies gives me warm fuzzies. It's like visiting old friends you haven't seen in a while. As a priest, we're expected to become involved not only in our parishes, but also in the life of our diocese. As a seminarian, we are assigned to serve at least one session as a camp dean, or spiritual teacher and advisor, during a summer camp session in order to encourage further involvement once we are ordained. I skipped last year as I had just joined you lovely people, but I was excited to return this year for my first summer as a priest. Each session has its own theme and ranges in ages from 7 to 15. Father Wiley Ammons of Redeemer and I attempted to sign up for space camp, as we are both nerds. But we were sad to find out space camp was already spoken for. Begrudgingly, we signed up for superheroes, as it was the only week that would fit into our schedules. But just a month or two before camp started, we were notified that our camp session was suddenly Harry Potter-themed. And you can imagine the flood of nerdy emotions that took place. Father Wiley and I spent weeks reading and discussing possible avenues for our Dean's program. And I'm strongly convinced that our Dean's program was one of the strongest, deepest, and funnest, yes, funnest, camp has ever seen. We covered everything from the problem of evil to the stain of sin, then went to the gift of grace and the end of times. But the most challenging, the most rewarding, and the best day of the program had to be the day that we talked about sacrifice. The Harry Potter books are built around sacrifice. I don't feel bad for spoiling Harry Potter for you fine people, because the books have been out for over 10 years, and there have been eight movies released, so you guys really should be caught up on at least the basics at this point. From Ron's sacrifice during Wizard Chest in the first book, to Lily's sacrifice to save her own son, to Snape's sacrifice in caring for the boy that reminds him of his lost love, and finally to Harry's sacrifice to save the whole wizarding world. You can't possibly 
talk about Harry Potter without mentioning sacrifice. The books are riddled with references to sacrifice, from the daily sacrifices we make out of friendship to the huge once-in-a-lifetime sacrifices people make in order to save the whole world. So when we finally got to the summer camp day when we were discussing sacrifice, and when we finally got to the part in the program that discussed Harry as Christ figure, Harry who died to save the whole wizarding world, just as Christ died in order to save all who had come and who would come into this world, you could see campers and counselors' minds being blown. While many were familiar with the story of Jesus, and many were familiar with the story of Harry, most had not yet put together the connection between the two. And I like to think it opened a new pathway in their brains to think about them as essentially being the same story. We left them with some questions to mull over with their small group. The question we left them with that day was, does your understanding of Jesus' sacrifice change the way you live? Should it? Today we meet folks in the gospel who are convinced Jesus is the Messiah. People volunteer to follow Jesus, and Jesus asks others to come along. But the real cost of sacrifice, the real cost of discipleship, becomes glaring. One man asked to go and bury his father. Another asked to go say goodbye to his family. Jesus shuts down both of these men as focusing too much on the worldly. And honestly, Jesus comes off a bit harsh. I mean, is it such a huge problem to wait a couple days for a man to honor his father as the Torah commands in order to bury his father? Is it really a problem to allow a man to say farewell to those in his household who he is essentially abandoning? It's been a long time since I've put a child to bed. But I was reminded this week of how kiddos, especially the younger ones, can be a handful when it comes to bedtime. You do bath time and give them plenty of time to splash and play. Then you put on pajamas and brush teeth. Then it's a story or two, prayers, and then they finally go to sleep, right? Not really. <laughs> then it's, I'm not tired, can we read another book? Or, my brother is too noisy, I can't sleep. And then it continues with, Mom, can I have a glass of water? Or, Dad, I need to go to the potty. It's probably what inspired the book if you give a mouse a cookie. Spoiler alert, if you give a mouse a cookie, he'll just want a glass of milk. <laughs> Jesus knows if these folks aren't ready to drop everything and follow him right now, they'll never be ready. Just like a child going to bed, there will always be just one more thing I have to do before I can follow Christ. But the Christian life is not one we can take on lightly. And we cannot pick the perfect time to make God the priority in our lives. The cost of discipleship is high. Much like Donovan's fascination with Thomas Merton, I return time and time again to the life, writings, and theology of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer wrote a book about the cost of discipleship before he eventually was killed for his dedication to the gospel. I have an affinity for Bonhoeffer for many reasons, 
But this week, I was reminded of how much I love his discussion of grace. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. Costly grace is the treasure hidden in the field. For the sake of it, a man will go and sell all that he has. It is the pearl of great price, which the merchant will sell all his goods in order to buy. It is the kingly rule of Christ, for whose sake a man will pluck out the eye which causes him to stumble. It is the call of Jesus Christ at which the disciple leaves his nets and follows him. Costly grace is the gospel which must be sought again and again, the gift which must be asked for, the door at which a man must knock. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow, and it is grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. It is costly because it costs a man his life, and it is grace because it gives a man the only true life. It is costly because it condemns sin. And grace because it justifies the sinner. Above all, it is costly because it cost God the life of his son. Ye were bought at a price. And what has cost God much cannot be cheap for us. The Christian life is one of sacrifice. A sacrifice was made for you. And it is time to sacrifice yourself. It is not comfortable. It is not easy. And it certainly is not timely. Jesus comes to you today and asks you to follow him with your whole body, mind, and spirit. So I leave you with the same question with which we left the campers. Does your understanding of Jesus' sacrifice change the way you live? Should it?